I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. what happens when the fourth turning meets fifth generation warfare. A commentator, international social media sensation, and former Navy intelligence veteran. This is Human Events with your host, Jack Posobiec. Deliver us from evil. We have become a drug-infested, crime-ridden nation, which is incapable of solving even the smallest, smallest problem. We have to bring in the death penalty if we want to stop the infestation of drugs coming into our country. In a victory for the Biden administration, the Supreme Court ruled that Border Patrol agents can remove razor wire put in place along a stretch of the southern border in Texas. The Supreme Court's narrowly divided ruling came after an emergency request from the Biden administration that argued the wire was endangering migrants while preventing law enforcement from patrolling the area. To stop the deadly drugs that are poisoning our people, I will deploy U.S. Navy to impose a full fentanyl blockade. A big decision on Monday that could impact the Fulton County election indictment happening miles away in a Cobb County courtroom. The secretive case of special prosecutor Nathan Wade's divorce, secret no more. Donald Trump is not leading the Republican Party and leading the Republican field of candidates because of his youthful vigor. If you pick me, that'll be the end of politics and you won't have to deal with politics anymore. You'll have a strongman leader and I'll just do what I want. That strongman model is what the Republican base is enthused about. You know, the state was very good to me. This is, by the way, the most exciting of all. I think there's more enthusiasm now than I've ever seen. No one in the country right now cares. In fact, most of the people in the country are going to the Trump rally right now because he's listening to them. No one's asking about this stuff. I'm just frustrated. I hope you understand why I'm getting tired of it. You're doing your jobs, but you're not asking the questions that Americans give a shit about. We're going to win by the three margins here. I think we're going to win by big margins, yeah. Instead of voting for Haley, I voted for uh, Donald Trump this this morning. You changed your vote this morning. Why? I think the election, the primary is over. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily here live Washington, D.C. Today is January 23rd, 2024, Anno Domini. Folks, I understand We're all upset about the Supreme Court decision that came out last night. I'm outraged about this. This is disgusting. And in fact, when you look at the ruling, which came in 5-4, it appears that all five of the women on the Supreme Court voted the exact same way. You see, we were wondering, we were wondering so much, how would it go with Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court? Uh, on the bench. A lot of people pointed out she's conservative. They said she's a pro-lifer. That's good enough. Well, it turns out that, you see, you see, as and, and I can say this as a Catholic, we have this sort of strain in Catholics where they're pro-life, okay, so they're conservative on that issue, but they're pretty liberal on just about everything else. It's an issue. We're dealing with it. They're basically social justice warrior Catholics. I'm not saying that she's exactly one of them, but it is certainly a concern. John Zmirak wrote a piece at humanevents.com that everyone can go see 
raising that exact same question. But here's the point, folks. The lawyers are not going to save you. The law sells. You think that you're, you're going to put your trust in a lawyer? You're going to put your trust in somebody that uh, hides behind <laughs> pieces of paper, that hides behind words, someone that's going to go and go into court and make their, you know, make their speech, make their hearing. That's the person that you think is going to save the country in any of these instances? No, it's simply not. It's just not. Okay. I'm not saying all lawyers are bad. Lawyers are a necessity. I get that. But let me tell you something. This movement and this country will not be saved if we put all our chips in the basket of lawyers and turning to the lawyers for everything. It's not going to work. It never was going to work. And it certainly won't work now. This country was founded through use of arms, by the way. It wasn't founded by lawyers. So what do I mean to say about this? It's simple, folks. And I see a lot of people now taking this, taking the black pill. I see a lot of black pillars saying, oh, well, just, just go to the red states and we can hide in the red states and the blue states will get worse and the red states will... Oh, you mean like Texas? You mean like Texas? Because Texas is a red state. Republicans control everything in Texas. And yet Texas is still having these issues. And here's the difference. Because the national government will still come for you, regardless of what state you're in. One state governor? Yeah, maybe. Maybe there could be an interesting thing there. But even then, the national government is still going to come. A coalition of state governments. Why not a coalition of them, you say? No, there's another way. And I see a lot of people wanting to turn away from this path because it's hard, because it's challenging, and it's arduous. That's called take over the national government. Well, I've spent the last eight years of my life committed to this project. And I know a lot of people in this audience have as well. And you know what? We are so close. We are so close right now to fully taking over the national government and doing what must be done. And we are not going to let these people get in our way ever again. Stay tuned. We've got a huge show today. Senator Ron Johnson will join us later in the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the best ways that you can support us here at Human Events and the work that we do is subscribing to us on our Rumble channel. Make sure you're subscribed. You hit the notifications so you'll never miss a clip. You'll never miss a new live episode, and we're putting them out every single day of the week. I grew up in the hood. I rolled with bloods, and then boys had a saying. You can't be listening to all that slappy whack, trim out his eyelids, a bam ship, nippy bam bam, like human events with Jack Posobiec. All right, Jack Posobiec here, live human events daily. Folks, the world is quickly descending into chaos. The next medical crisis, right around the corner. Whether it's another pandemic or something closer to home, preparedness is no longer an option. It's actually a necessity. And that is where the wellness company comes in. From something innocent and natural like a tick bite to COVID to the next bioweapon manufactured in a lab in some third world country, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is what you need to be prepared. It contains life-saving medications like ivermectin, emergency antibiotics, a Z-pack, and so much more, as well as a guidebook to aid in the safe use of these life-saving medications. The wellness company and their doctors, including, listen to this list, 
Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Reich, Dr. Drew Pinsky, Dr. Robert Seek, and so many more are medical professionals that you can trust. Rest assured knowing that you're ready for whatever the globalists throw at us next. To order, just go to twc.health/poso. That's twc.health/poso and enter promo code POSO for 10% off. The Wellness Company and their licensed doctors are medical professionals you can trust, and their medical emergency kits are the gold standard to keeping you safe. Again, that's twc.health/poso, promo code POSO for 10% off. Check out the site for details. The prescription may be required. All right, let me tell you something, guys. Let me tell you something right now. No black pilling. You understand that? There will be no black pilling. I see one of you guys black pilling. I said catch one of you guys black pilling. There's going to be trouble out there. Absolute trouble for you and yours. There's no black pilling in here. It is not going to happen. By the way, I'm told from the producers, our producer Foz says that we might be getting a very special guest soon. Not the senator, someone, someone that's a surprise guest from New Hampshire might be joining us in a few minutes. I'm gonna leave it at that for right now, folks, because I don't like to throw stuff out that isn't confirmed. So we might be getting a special guest. All right, I'm not gonna promise you something that I, I can't deliver. But here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. I don't wanna hear this blackpilling. I don't wanna hear it. The task is arduous. The work is hard. Guess what, boys and girls? That's why it's called work. You don't give up just because you get hit with something. By the way, this Supreme Court decision, you understand this isn't even the final decision on the case, the final ruling. This was involving an emergency injunction that came up during the course of the appeal at the Fifth Circuit. What does this mean? This means that the Fifth Circuit hasn't even finished their ruling on the case. That's still, that's still up for debate. Okay, that's still open. Then after that, if it gets appealed again, depending on how it, you know, on, on how it shakes out, if it gets appealed again, then there would be a full Supreme Court ruling. Okay, so uh, understand the game is never over just because you lose one match. Okay, the game is only over when you stop fighting. And around here, we don't stop fighting. We never stop fighting. We're not interested in stopping fighting. Look, people say, why don't, you just, why don't you just give up and move somewhere? I don't want to move somewhere. I want right now. I want right now, and I want to win. And that's why when I see Donald Trump, and he's on trial, and they pull him into New York, and then they pull him down to Georgia, and they pull him back to D.C., and he goes to the hearings, and then he flies up to New Hampshire, he doesn't quit. He never quits. He never stops. This energy is more than anything that I have ever seen. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Trump joins us now from New Hampshire with Ben Burkwam. Guys, how's it going there? Amazing. Jack, we're going to have a great night tonight. There's no question about it. So it's, uh, it's going well. The energy in the state's pretty awesome. I just went over to a bunch of the polling locations, and it's uh, – it's fun to see. A lot of Trump signs everywhere we drive. I mean, everywhere we drive, there are Trump signs all over the place. Um, awesome energy. And I think you have a lot of people who want their country back. You have, you know, a lot of people who are upset. I know that Joe Biden is the worst president that we've ever seen and, um, you know, want to get somebody competent in office and uh, want Donald Trump back desperately. I mean, <laughs> desperately is probably an understatement. Yeah, I just came from uh, Londonderry and the crowd over there, I was with uh, President Trump. 
Uh, the crowd was massive. You know, they're all out there. I, I saw one Nikki Haley sign, and I probably saw 300 President Trump signs, hundreds of Trump supporters out there. We've been all over the state. Jack, uh, it's incredible. And what's interesting, uh, Eric, is that, you know, the, the issues, when you talk to, to people about the issues, I do a lot of border work, and everybody up here, you ask them, top two issues, it's border and economy, and they don't trust Biden on any of it. I mean, they know he's just a traitor to our country. Well, he is. And listen, border encapsulates so many things, right? It's, it's, not, just, it's not just people coming over. It's people's jobs. It's, it's pay. It's, you know, it's a fentanyl crisis. I lost a good friend's son the other day to, to the fentanyl crisis. And, I mean, it touches everybody. It touches every community. There's no question. But beyond that, you see World War III effectively breaking out around the world. You see what happened to Russia and the Ukraine. You see what happened in Israel. Now you see what's happening in the Middle East. You know, you're probably going to have something with China. Um, you know, literally the world's becoming unstable under kind of American weakness because you have a weak guy in office. Uh, you have a guy who isn't focused on the economy. You have inflation that, you know, for the last four years, three years, has greatly outpaced um, wage growth. You know, our economy's not doing well. Uh, we're losing our manufacturing or, you know, there is that, you know, invasion on the southern border. Over 10 million people have come across the southern border. Uh, these are not just people from Central and South America. You're seeing passports and currency and everything else from all over the world right now. These people are, you know, going to bring in real issues. We have no idea who they are, and they're not doing a damn thing about it. In fact, they're cutting razor wire as we speak right now to allow those people in after this, you know, horrendous Supreme Court ruling. Uh, people are sick and tired of the nonsense. I mean, we don't look strong in the in the eyes of the world. We've lost all our respect around the world. We're losing the, the U.S. currency. Um, you know, you have a, a president who vacations 40% of the time. He's more concerned about, you know, six foot five men swimming in, you know, women's sports than he is on our military, on our country, on our borders, on um, the things that actually matter. And uh, we're losing the American dream in this country. And, and that's what we as a family now, are fighting so hard to, to try and save the, the American dream. Now, when you guys are going down there, obviously you're talking to voters. Eric, you've been crisscrossing the state. Uh, your father, of course, speaking at events uh, in between these these hearings that they're subjecting him through, like the uh, the twelve labors of Hercules. But you know, when when you're talking to the voters, uh, specifically even today, as people are actually going to the polls for, and believe it or not, folks, this is the first primary in the nation uh, because Iowa was a caucus. Just what are you hearing issues wise from the voters? Are they talking border? Are they talking fentanyl economy? What, what's the sense? You know, and honestly, Jack, the first thing I hear is, you know, um, Eric, we're really sorry. Um, you know, sorry for mm. what they've done to you. Sorry to, for what they've done to your family. Mm. Um, we see the abuse wow. that you take, and you guys just get absolutely nothing out of this, and, you know, you're just trying to do the right thing. And we're sorry, and we love you, and we're praying for you, and our community is praying for you. So that's normally what I hear first. And, you know, then, you know, pretty universally, people want their, their country back and, and, and go through the, the order of, of priority. But... They want free speech back. All these people have been censored. They've been deplatformed. Their businesses have been gone after. They've been targeted, right? I mean, they want the First Amendment back. They want freedom of religion back. Um, they want to be able to worship. They want their nuclear family back. They they want upward mobility. They want you know they want to be able to live the American dream. They want to be able to go to Disney World with their kids. Um, but you can't because we have a bad economy and you know people are getting crammed down again. As I said a second ago, you know inflation is greatly outpacing wage growth, and so people are getting crammed down every single day. You know, go out, look at the price of milk. Go out and, you know, the eggs are up 70%. A two-by-four costs nine, bu you know, nine bucks when, you know, under my father was two. You know, go down the list of just items. I mean, people are, are getting crushed. And then look at gas prices. We should have the lowest gas prices in the world. We've got the most fuel under our feet. And, you know, we're energy independent under my father. And, you know, they reverse that under Biden because he's incompetent. Look at fuel oil, especially when you get to these colder states. 
right? I mean, people use fuel oil to heat their homes. And, you know, look how expensive it is versus a couple of years ago. I mean, we're getting killed. And then people are looking at our standing globally, and they're petrified. Again, they're seeing wars breaking out. They're seeing our, our, our military vessels getting rocket shot at them. Trust me, the one thing I can tell you, Jack, is they weren't shooting missiles at, at aircraft carriers and in, in our ships um, in the Middle East under Donald Trump. He would not have put up with that. Um, you know, Russia would have never happened under him. The Israeli nonsense would have never happened under him. Um, you know, it, it's, it's so sad. It is so sad to see what's happening in Israel. It's so sad to see what's happening in Ukraine. Um, and, and certainly our warship should not be having missiles shot at them by a, you know, a, 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 you know, a terrorist group and, you know, unsophisticated terrorist well, and, group. And they should, uh, you know, uh, it, this would not have happened under Trump. That much I can tell you. Well, certainly. And, and it's actually, as, as you say, it's directly connected because we've, because we lost our, uh, oil independence, our energy independence. Now the United States and Europe, uh, predominantly are dependent on the yeah. oil that's coming through the Red Sea, which is what the Houthis have been used. And we talk about sure. this all the time on the show. This is why the Houthis sure. are doing that to the Red Sea. I you know, put on my naval officer hat there and talk about this, but they're they're shutting down the oil supply and they're using very cheap missiles, very cheap drones to be able to do so. It is a, it's, it's actually a very good strategy from their perspective um, because they're able to do this very cheaply and totally bottleneck us because we don't have anyone who's put them in but, but, control. But Jack, that's all over and the so world too oh, yeah let, let, let's not forget that's all over the world i mean russia would have never been able to afford right. uh you know the war that they're fighting right now if we had 30 dollars oil or 40 dollars oil in in the u.s i mean you know the fact that you have 100 dollars plus oil is what affords russia the ability to you know uh, wage a massive war in in ukraine um you know uh, look at iran i mean the same thing i mean iran was at its knees when we had $30, $40 oil, they, they couldn't make any money. And my father had massive sanctions on them. He went around the world saying, listen, anybody who buys oil from Iran, you know, you're going to lose the ability to do all business with, with the United States. Guess what? He had crippled economically. He had crippled Iran. I mean, all these people. So, so not only do we pay more here at the pump, every single person, but then we have to send $200 billion over to Ukraine to fight a war that we effectively allowed to happen based on the fact that, you know, the first order Biden had when he got into the Oval Office was let's, you know, cut cut off the Keystone XL pipeline. Let's, you know, put a moratorium on drilling. Let's, you know, wage war on, on oil and gas. Let's stop exports. You know, so so we pay two hundred billion dollars to have the, the privilege of paying more here at home in, in every aspect of our life, not to mention the rap ramp inflation. I mean, it, it what he did with energy is, is suicide for the United States of America. I mean yeah. It's absolutely suicide. And, and then you add to that, Jack, if I can jump in on that, too. It's what he's done. Effectively, Joe Biden has done uh, what the American people. You ask the question what, what people want. Uh, their big concerns. It's, it's the border. It's the economy. But really, if you boil it down, and this goes back to Eric and to uh, Don Jr. and to uh, President Trump, uh, it, from a business mindset, they want certainty. They want certainty in what's coming at them. If, if they're a business owner, they want certainty in what the pricings are going to be. If they're uh, a mom or a dad, they want certainty in what's going to be taught to their kids at school. If they're, uh, if they're, if they're, uh, you know, in government, if they're in in, in the media, they, people just want to live a life and have an idea of what's coming at them. Right now, we just have total chaos. The only certainty we have is what we see around the world is that Joe Biden is going to be a weak, pathetic non-leader, and the so we're basically giving the globe to him. You look at what's happening on our southern border. It is certainty of failure for this country. It's national suicide. And every single one of these issues goes back to that. And that's why the voters stand with President Trump. I asked him the question today, though, how do you, the big concern that people have, they keep coming up and saying, how do we prevent 2020 from happening again in 2024? Uh, and that's, that's the big concern is, is making sure they don't steal it again in 2024. 
Well, but, and, let me, and let me ask this as well, though, because this has been one of the refrains that, that has been going on for a while, and I, I've seen this on, on X and going viral and trending, et cetera. Not that, not that I would ever use Twitter myself. I mean, I, I don't really go on there very much. But, you know, is there, is, is there a sense that, you know, if you, were, if you were actually seeking, if you were actually seeking to dismantle the United States and to take us down as a country and uh, reduce the power, reduce the tax of the United States, reduce the level of the standard of living of the American people, what would you do differently? Do you actually think that that's what the right. agenda is here? Nothing. Well, I mean, either the, they're the world's dumbest people um, or, or they've got alternative motives, and I think it's probably the latter, and I hate to say that, right? I mean, I, I truly, truly hate to say that, but as you said, they're, they're dismantling society. They're dismantling us uh, economically. Um, I mean, we've got more natural gas and, and oil under our feet than any country in the world, but yet they're you know, buying lithium batteries from China. I mean, help, help me explain that one, right? You know, we're literally going... All, all transportation in this country is literally going to a source that America really has zero production in and, and giving it to, um, you know, the, the largest kind of threat that we have, existential threat to the United States. I mean, how does that make any sense? Um, you know, so you have that. You, you have the economic aspects, but then you have the home aspect, right? And I think that's maybe bigger than ever. Um, you have literally a war on religion, a war on the flag. Uh, you have, you know, groups that want to take, you know, one nation um, – under God, out of the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, in God we trust, off of our, our national currency. You've got, you know, uh, women Olympic soccer teams that are kneeling in front of the national flag, that, you know, and, 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 you know, before they play the national anthem. Um, you know, you literally have half of a country that wanted the women's Olympic soccer team to lose because they'd rather have them lose than be, have the embarrassment of these guys, again, kneeling, um, you know, as they raise the flag if they got the gold. I mean, I mean, think about, think about this. And, so it's not just economic, it's not just, you know, it, it's cultural, it's religious, it's, it's household, it's a nuclear family, it's, you know, fatherless crises yeah. in, this, in this country, it, it's, um, you know, it's discipline. Um, look, look at TikTok over in China. You know, every single, you know, TikTok reel will be, you know, a beautiful girl playing the piano at a very young age and showing some talent. Uh, TikTok in America is literally a kid throwing an apple pie in their father's face. You know, they would never allow that overseas, and they want the demise of our society in every single way because it benefits them. Last but not least, look at fentanyl. I mean, fentanyl was being sent into this China, uh, into this country by China with one intent, and that was to maim um, our youth, maybe the most important aspect of society, you know, the, the aspect that's supposed to be productive. And we don't do a damn thing about that, Jack. We don't do anything about it. And it's killing hundreds of thousands of kids every single year. And aside from the hundreds of thousands of deaths, it's destroying families. I mean, and that's not just the father. It's the mother. It's the brother. It's the sister. It's the teacher. It's the caregiver. It's the aunt, the uncle, the grandma, the grandfather. It's destroying families. It's destroying communities. And we don't do a damn thing about it. And so, yes, I mean, either it's gross negligence and incompetence or – or, or worse, but yeah. it's uh, it, it's truly, truly tragic on every front. And I would, I would. Well, Eric and say and, and Ben, I, I understand that you guys have to run. The, the, um, you guys have a ton of uh, uh, yeah. stuff to get to today. A lot of work. Eric Trump. We are going to be watching. We'll be checking in later with Rav and the rest of the team as the results roll in later tonight. Human Events Daily continues after this. You know, they talk about influencers. These are influencers, and uh, they're friends of mine. Jack Rosovic. Where's Jack? Jack. He's done a great job. All right, folks, as we know, 2024 could become and, and really will become 
one of the most chaotic and stressful years in history. And that's why staying healthy is so important. This is why Human Events Daily has partnered with Strong Cell, a revolutionary NADH supplement packed with the highest quality ingredients, all geared toward boosting your body's cellular function. I know this might sound confusing, but it's actually pretty simple. If your cells are weak, everything is weak. Think of NADH like fuel for your cells. When your cells are healthy, every aspect of your body will be stronger and work better. That's what Strong Cell does. Learned about this product from my buddy, Charlie Kirk. And now it has taken the nation by storm. Look, I take Strong Cell every day. It helps me clear out the brain fog. I know, I know, every once in a while, I spend too much time on X, it gets in there, all right? Gives me, but Strong Cell gives me the natural energy, and now I'm just healthier overall. Go to strongcell.com, call and discover this life-changing product right now. Get 20% off your first month's order with promo code POSO at checkout. You're one month away from a healthier, stronger life. Go to strongcell.com or call to order by phone. Don't forget to use promo code POSO for 20% off. That's strongcell.com, promo code Poso. All right, folks, so we just had Eric Trump there, New Hampshire. Uh, look, we understand that the polls are over. This isn't a caucus, by the way, like Iowa. I know we've been talking about Iowa and all of this right now, but, uh, you know, where it's a caucus and it starts later and then people move from one caucus to another, this side to another. No, the New Hampshire primary, this is a regular election. It's a regular primary. This is uh, a situation where Polls open in the morning, close in the evening. The election comes in. There'll be some exit polls that come out. Of course, we'll see if those are close. We do know that the Suffolk University poll came out just a little while ago. I'm going to pull it up here this morning so people can see. Suffolk University, this is one, and Richard Barris was here yesterday telling us how important this was. He said, this is the poll that you really want to look at. It'll come out on the eve of the primary itself. Well, it came out last night. In that poll, Trump leads, and this is from the postmillennial.com, Trump leads Haley by 22 points in the final Suffolk poll ahead of the New Hampshire primary. Trump at 60%, Haley at 38%. So that said basically that Trump gained three points since the poll was released on Monday. That means that it looks like a lot of that support that would have potentially gone to Governor DeSantis uh, that was happening from uh, Sunday. Then, of course, he dropped out on Sunday, so the Monday poll didn't completely reflect it, caught a lot of it. Now the poll that came out last night is getting the full brunt of it. I'm told now, by the way, that we do have Senator Johnson coming to us live. Senator Johnson, do we have a connection with you? Well, Jack, how are you doing? Welcome to the show, Senator. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, very excited. Now, we understand that, that the Democrats are very upset with you because you want to do something that, you know, sometimes uh, people don't like to do anymore in the Senate, and that's called negotiate. It's very interesting. I, I can't understand why people seem to have forgotten this lost art. Well, they're, they're willing to negotiate, but it has to be behind closed doors and in secret. <laughs> and what I've certainly been suggesting, you know, particularly on an issue where the vast majority of Americans agree with us that they want a secure border, a sovereign U.S., uh, why aren't we debating this thing in the open? Uh, the reason is neither side, you know, the leadership of neither side trusts the public. Uh, they want to do some unholy deal, uh, something that uh, provides Democrats political cover. You know, my concern is it'll be something that actually won't secure the border because 
our leadership uh, basically didn't even try to negotiate any kind of enforcement mechanism. Uh, like we were suggesting in conference repeatedly, why don't we tie Ukraine funding, make it contingent on them actually securing the border, you know, set metrics, make them meet thresholds. You know, it's, this is very sim simple in business. We have performance uh, measurements all the time, the, you, you know, targets you have to uh, meet to get certain bonuses. We have to do the same thing with Ukraine. Could have been very reasonable. I had something proposed, but that wasn't even allowed to be discussed is what we were told. And so let, let, let me, well, let's walk through. What was your proposal? What was it that you wanted out? Because we understand, and, and I had I'd thrown this out earlier, and then the Pentagon's out, Lloyd Austin saying that all Ukraine funding will be ended by March 8th. That's, of course, the current date on, uh, the, on the current resolution. And so they're really trying to drive this home. Zelensky, of course, was at the World Economic Forum talking about it as well. Walk through your proposal for the audience. Well, first of all, my assumption was there would probably be enough support, particularly with any kind of even minimal uh, border security, for $60 billion in Ukraine funding. Okay, kind of accept that reality. Uh, I think most Americans are sympathetic with the uh, the brave and, and courageous people of Ukraine. That they, they think Vladimir Putin's evil, and they like to see him uh, certainly not win. Uh, so, so again, it's, I, I realize there's there's some support. Other, you know, other places there's uh, great os opposition. So it's a controversial issue. But if it was going to pass, my suggestion was make it contingent on actually securing the border. They wanted $60 billion. Trump took a his his top level uh, number, number of migrants crossing per day and reduced that down to pretty much secure border over the course of 12 months. He went from peak to trough in 12 months. So I divvy up $60 billion divided by 12, $5 billion a month. You know, maybe give you know five, ten, fifteen billion up front. Uh, wait three months, but then have uh, rigorous targets that would force the Biden administration to actually secure the border over that 12-month time period. Uh, I, I think the open border uh, push by Biden and the Democrats is a clear and present danger to America. It should be our top priority. Um, whether you agree or disagree with uh, funding for Ukraine, if you can use that as leverage to secure the border. That would have been a deal I could have supported, but I'm not seeing a negotiated deal right now that gives me confidence we would actually secure the border. I, I think it would give Democrats cover, but I'm not so sure it's going to actually secure the border. And so that's basically you're you're drawing a line in the sand specifically on securing the border and getting those metrics in in terms of this uh when it comes to the democrats have you heard and we just got a couple of minutes until the break but are are you hearing anything uh any traction or are you getting any reciprocal calls from people saying that they're willing to work on this issue no it, it was taken off the table you know sounds like langford never even asked for it because he was told not to ask for it uh, again that this is, is good information i have on it but uh, again it had a great deal of support inside the republican conference it just made all the sense in the world uh, you want Ukraine funding? Fine. We want a secure border. You say you want one. I don't believe you. I mean, let's face it, that's a big problem uh, for James Langford, who, by the way, very knowledgeable, probably the right guy to negotiate this. He, he gets along well with Democrats. Our, our problem is Mitch McConnell is the puppet master here pulling the strings. And he's the one that's saying, well, we don't want to tie. I have, a lot, I have a lot to ask, Senator. We're coming to a quick break. Stay tuned, everybody. And Jack, where is Jack? Where's Jack? Where is he? Jack, I want to see you. Great job, Jack. Thank you. What a job you do.
You know, we have an incredible thing. We're always talking about the fake news and the bad, but we have guys, and these are the guys who should be getting Pulisic. All right, Jack Pacific back live. Uh, don't want to waste any time, folks. We promised you more with Senator Johnson, who's giving us these exclusive details on the negotiations. Senator Johnson, when you left us, you said that Lankford, who's taken the position of really kind of being the point man on these negotiations, you said that he didn't even put this border deal on the table. And your assessment was that's because he was on orders from Mitch McConnell? That's basically our understanding of it, uh, that uh, um, we never even asked for uh, making Ukraine, Ukraine funding contingent on actually meeting border security. Now, they're talking about other types of metrics, other kind of forcing mechanisms. But again, n- none of us have seen a word of text. Uh, what I have seen, I, I can poke holes in from a standpoint, well, this is a way the Democrats will weasel out of this agreement. This is the, the Mack truck they'll drive through this hole. So again, I, I'm asking legitimate questions. How do you actually close the border? You know, before you hit the close the border stage, how do you process four or 5,000 people a day? Right now they're saying they can process 500. So what happens to the rest of them? How's that, that different from current catch and release? Why wouldn't that continue the flow? And oh, by the way, the border is 100% secure on the Mexican side of the border. The cartels have more than, you know, more more than capable of metering the flow to stay under whatever threshold might trigger more onerous uh, border security measures. So, again, you have to understand and recognize the reality situation. And with this administration, a lawless administration, a president that ignores Supreme Court rules, that is not faithfully executing the law, you need some kind of forcing mechanism to actually get him to abide by whatever agreement you cut with him. You know, that's, that's interesting, by the way. You, you just mentioned the Supreme Court decision. Um, obviously, we were talking about that earlier in the show as well, completely against it. Now, do you think, by the way, though, and, and this is something that could be brought up as well in these negotiations, obviously, isn't that also something that could be used in these negotiations? I would think so. Again, there's the irony. I was I was talking about the uh, eviction moratorium and student loans. He just ignored both of uh, those. Yes, but yes, that's right. You got the Biden administration supposedly doing a deal because they want to secure the border, and they're fighting, you know, Governor Abbott down in Texas tooth and nail, and they're they're bringing things before the court to to make sure that uh, you know CBP can dismantle what what fencing that Texas installed to try and protect its citizens. So again, it's this is beyond absurd. It's it's again. I think James is doing as good a job as James can do. You know, having to listen to Mitch McConnell is, is basically telling him what he can and can't ask for. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, his biggest problem is he's dealing with people who want an open border that caused the problem. Again, they, they don't really don't want to secure the border. Their, their base wants a borderless society. They want political cover. Um, so again, this it's it's I don't see how you negotiate a good deal with people that are acting in such bad faith. Well, this this idea, again, that they want the borderless society, that they want us to be completely exposed to whatever is coming across, uh, not, not, not to mention just the sheer numbers 
that you've spoken about just here. Uh, under President Trump in, in his previous administration, we actually experienced a net decrease in the overall foreign-born population, I think for the first time since 1965, uh, since, the, since LBJ's uh, bill was passed. Uh, this is something where, and of course, COVID played a role in that as well, but it was already trending down. But if you look at that same graph, ever since Biden comes in, it explodes. The numbers just completely explode across our border. And, and I'm sorry, but Senator, for the life of me, I can't understand how, and I agree with you, that I can't understand how this could possibly be happening if it wasn't by design. It is by design. They want this. Again, Trump went from peak to trough in 12 months. He, he pretty well hit the low point in April of 2020. And that was only one month with the Title 42. So he pretty well secured the border. Now he took it from about 1,200 a day down to 570 a day with Title 42. But then Democrat presidential candidates were talking about how they were going to end deportation, offer free health care. And so then you see the number of single adults start rising until Biden was inaugurated and then the border exploded because Biden dismantled all the successful programs that worked under Trump. You know, we'd pretty well stop the flow of unaccompanied children, family units, which means we stop the flow of the sex trafficking. Um, there, there are a lot of good things about what President Trump did, but President Biden thought that was so, so humane. So now his open border policy is facilitating the multi-billion dollar business model, some of the most evil people on the planet human sex drug traffickers look at all the overdoses there's nothing humane about the democrat and president biden's open border policy in fact senator i actually saw a stat just last night i haven't even uh, posted this on x but you know i'll mention it here that i've now seen that overdose deaths in america just in terms of population have now overtaken uh, the place where Russia was after the fall of the Soviet Union, everybody knows that deaths related to vodka and alcoholism just absolutely skyrocketed in Russia after the fall of the Soviet Union. We're talking the 1990s time frame. So during the Yeltsin years, uh, those, those alcohol-related deaths, we've now overtaken them. We've now overtaken, they were about like 29, 29.5. We're now in the 30s in terms of that, in terms of population, in terms of our rate because of overdoses. And for some reason, this administration just isn't even interested in actually talking about it as a policy. The media treats it as if it's some kind of uh, almost like a natural disaster that's just sort of happening and it's tragic, but there's nothing we can do about it. I, I disagree with that fundamentally. It's, it's an agenda. And these are obviously policy decisions that could be changed with the stroke of a pen. Well, it's a strategy by China. They're the ones that provide the precursor chemicals. They used to ship them directly in the U.S., uh, we, we actually frustrated those efforts uh, with a couple of pieces of legislation. They just changed, you know, the sending the ship, the precursor chemicals now to Mexico and using our porous, our wide open border to funnel them into the U.S. and poison American cities. So this is a Chinese uh, strategy. And again, we're facilitating that. Uh, probably one of the reasons the Biden administration doesn't want to talk about it because President Biden is so horribly compromised because of hunters and the Biden inks connections to uh, Communist Party of China. Well, then, of course, we had we had. Uh, but 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 Senator, hold on now. We had 51 intel agents come out and tell us that that was all Russian disinformation. So, I mean, it all the hallmarks of that, isn't it? We should trust those same intel agencies, shouldn't we? Well, that's another part of the scandal. So as, as scandalous and as concerning as the you know, Bidening corruption is, the fact that we have corruption within federal law enforcement, our intelligence services, and then, of course, the corruption in the mainstream media that has bought all this stuff uh, hook, line, and sinker, or 
you know, knowingly pushed false narratives like the, the Trump-Russian collusion uh, false narrative and put America through uh, political turmoil that hasn't ended to this day. I mean, we're, this is still the same, the same actors, partisan actors in federal agencies. Now, you know, way over, you know, overcharging Trump, these political prosecutions and the mainstream media cheerleading uh, that kind of abuse to our democracy. Well, that's precisely right. And so when I, when I look at these situations, and by the way, I say this as a former you know, Navy intelligence officer myself, you know, I remember going in there and saying, hey, aren't we going to do something about the Chinese Communist Party? Aren't we going to do something about the penetration of our national security, the defense of Taiwan, these, these various things? Uh, are we going to do something about defending our nation? And you find that the actors in there are much more interested in political positions and parroting whatever the talking points that come out of Washington, D.C. are, and that even when we would have intelligence that came out of the field, uh, the closer it got to D.C., it just seemed like the more politicized and stovepipe that it got. Yeah, I mean, the, the root cause of all this problem, of all these problems is we have a massive federal government that's completely out of control. You know, Eisenhower, if you haven't watched his, uh, his farewell address, he not only warned us about the military-industrial complex, but he warned us about a, a scientific and technological elite being driven by public uh, funding of science and research. So it was corrupted that. We saw that uh, big time during COVID, how we've corrupted our federal health agencies. He, he warned us about plundering and mortgaging our kids' future. And then he also warned, his fourth warning was about not letting global society fall into a, a you know, profound state of dreadful fear and hate. And that's, of course, what the left is pushing. They, they push fear of climate change. They push fear of, of uh, pandemics. Uh, they seek to divide us, to push hate. That's how they gain control. Well, precisely, Senator, because uh, they, they get us to hate each other. They get us to, and, and more importantly, they get us to question one another and question our motives and suspect one another rather than actually working against these actors. We've got another block with you. A quick break here. Senator Johnson, uh, definitely one of the fieriest and truth-filled interviews that we've had here on the program in a long time. Stay tuned. Human Events Daily continues. Hours. I'm always listening to Human Events with Jack Posobiec. All right, Jack Posobiec, back here, fiery interview with Senator Ron Johnson, full of truth, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of an area where it's very hard for the United States citizenry at least to get much truth and that's the uh the situation in ukraine of course uh media has been denied a lot of access to this uh the united states government has not been very forthwith about forthwith about where all that money exactly is going and yet we're told now the ap has got this huge article up that lloyd austin is in his in his uh home bedroom on this uh i guess i would hope certainly a secured vtc conference call with the coalition of the willing, saying, we don't have any money to support you past March 8th, so you're going to have to pull together because the United States uh, Congress has not signed a deal with us. Senator Johnson, walk us through this, what you've called for in terms of a special conference on Ukraine, and tell us what information have you received as a senator who's being asked to obviously vote on all of these aid packages as to where exactly this money is going? So first of all, let's say the Biden administration, uh, you can't trust a word they say. They've done nothing to you know, earn the trust of the American public. You know, the president lies repeatedly. Look at what uh, Defense Secretary Austin did from his uh, recent hospitalization. So you just can't trust these people. But that being said, 
Um, one of the reasons I called this conference meeting for tomorrow is in the Republican conference in the Senate, we've talked about Ukraine one time. It was 45 minutes. We had one senator uh, stand up in support. One senator set, stood up in opposition. The rest of us were told to keep our comments to 60 seconds. Now, this isn't the greatest delivered body on earth, right? You know, an important and complex issue, and we gave it short shrift. So I, I thought if we're going to be voting on a supplemental, we, we ought to talk about this. You know, I, I bring a slightly different perspective. I was the only uh, member of Congress that attended Zelensky's inauguration. Met with him then. Uh, went back uh, two or three uh, months later. I was chairman of the European subcommittee at that point in time. Went back with Chris Murphy, and we met again with him uh, among the many issues. I, I think he was dead serious about trying to defeat uh, corruption. Uh, but he was political neophyte, the long knives were out. But one point he made to me, to us, was that he wanted to do a peace deal with Putin. Now, this is when Russia had already completely annexed Crimea. They were in total control of eastern Ukraine. Uh, Zelensky knew it wouldn't be politically popular, but he also knew he couldn't displace Russia, a superpower with nuclear weapons. So he wanted to do a peace agreement with them. Uh, fast forward, you know, now, now we're in this bloody stalemate. Uh, the reality is Putin will not lose this war. Uh, losing is existential to Putin. Putin has nuclear weapons. If he doesn't use them, he'll certainly threaten to use them. Ukraine can't do the things like lob missiles into, into Moscow to, to turn the hearts and minds of, of Russians against the war. So you have to recognize the only way the bloodshed ends is in a negotiated settlement. Now, I'm not going to like it. Uh, Americans aren't going to like uh, the kind of settlement you have to do with the evil uh, war criminal Putin. But that's the fact of the matter. And every day that this war goes on, more Ukrainians die, more Russian conscripts die. I take no joy in that. These people pulled out of their villages and sent to the uh, front lines as cannon fodder, and, and more of Ukraine gets destroyed. So anything the U.S. ought to do, or everything we do, ought to be focused around how do you convince Vladimir Putin, sit down, sit down to Zelensky, end this bloody stalemate, do it sooner rather than later. And I think that's you know certainly part of the discussion. If, if the administration is asking for another $60 billion, not having accounted for this first $100 billion, when you've got Zelensky aides telling reporters, turn off your, your recorder, and then they say privately, uh, they're stealing like there's no tomorrow, there are a lot of questions ought to be asked. Nobody's answering questions, and we don't even have much of an opportunity to ask them. No, how you, you mentioned having those communications with with Zelensky at the time and, and, and his administration. Uh, when you mentioned about him wanting a peace deal with Russia, was that before the war started or even after? Because I know we've received reports of that, you know, in like May of 2022 or March of 2022. No, this this was shortly after he was inaugurated. It might have been the day of his inauguration or when I went back to yes. with Chris Murphy. You might have mentioned both times. But again, I was I was thoroughly convinced he wanted to do, he was rational enough to realize he's not going to displace Russia, better do a peace deal with, with uh, Russia and get it over with so he could try and spend his effort to uh, defeat corruption in Ukraine and, and build a, a more prosperous nation for his people. That, that's what his focus was, certainly when I met him after he just got elected. Well, that's right. And actually, I, I remember covering the fact that he campaigned on that very same promise 
Uh, this was one of the reasons that he won. So I think it's like something like 70 percent of the vote back in 2019 when he was elected, because uh, at the time and this was it was those three provinces and including Crimea at the time that he wanted the peace in. And, um, you know, simply uh, obviously <laughs> history took a slightly different route. Of course, he was tied into the first impeachment of Trump over the phone call. And it all comes down to this question again of the aid and where the aid is going. And this is something, even when I visited myself in the summer of 2022, uh, we weren't in Lvov or Lviv, however, you know, depending on which politically correct side you want to talk take on that um, pronunciation, that um, we were started, I had a guy within a couple hours to start to tell me how I could buy AR-15s because the AR-15s were coming in and he had, had done a deal, had gone wrong, but he needed some money. So he's asking me if I wanted to buy the AR-15. I'm like, I don't think a U.S. citizen should be coming to a war zone to buy AR-15s. But if I can do it that quickly, imagine what the people on the ground who might be bad actors or criminal organizations otherwise are doing. Uh, Senator, we've got about a minute and a half left. Where can people go for more information to follow you? And what should people be thinking about as we go forward with this budget negotiation? Well, I mean, just go to our Senate website. Uh, you can find that on the Internet. don't have it memorized in my head. Uh, but listen, we need to focus on the big things. Understanding that uh, probably the greatest threat to our nation right now is the division that is being pushed by the Democrats, by the left. Identity politics, critical race theory, you know, the whole transgender issue that just sprang out of nowhere. Again, this is all meant to divide us and weaken America. Uh, if you were asked to develop a strategy to, to destroy this country, you couldn't come up with a better uh, game plan than what has been initiated by Biden and, and the radical leftists in his administration. The open borders, the 40-year high inflation, war on fossil fuels, the, you know, the weakness internationally that's set the world in flames. So focus on the big issues and then understand that we are plundering and mortgaging our children's future and support those elected officials that are willing to say, no, we can't do this anymore. All right, Senator Ron Johnson from the great state of Wisconsin. The best cheese curds, by the way, on the face of the planet. I can't wait for the convention later this summer. I am going to be engorging myself. Senator, God bless. You got to get them fresh before they're refrigerated, but you're right. You need them day. absolutely fresh. Mars Cheese Castle. I know my curds. Mars Cheese Castle. That's where I'm going, folks. Uh, thanks for being here. We'll come out later tonight. We'll see you in the live chat for the New Hampshire election stream. We'll see you there, folks. God bless to Rumble, to X, to everyone in the live chats. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission. So let us see.